Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. All right, we're going to elevate Jesus tonight. And so if tonight is grad night, where we are honoring the grads, that means that tonight the grads are going to elevate Jesus. We're not, we're not elevating the graduates. We're giving them the chance to put forth the God that they love and serve. And so I'm going to open up the floor. We're going to try to be time sensitive. So grads, I don't have anybody planned. I want to give this opportunity to you guys for the spirit to move in you. And I'm going to ask you two questions and you can choose one or the other to come up. And so we're going to go. The first one is to give a testimony of what God did in you during your high school years. And if you want to share that, I'll give you a chance to come up. And then after we do three or four or five, depending on our time, then I'll ask anybody who wants to come up and offer spiritual wisdom, spiritual guidance to the underclassmen, you'll have one or two minutes. So, Elevator, are you all excited to hear from the grads tonight? All right, all right, all right. So, our first category, again, please watch the clock, one, two minutes, but would any grads like to give testimony of what God did in them? Not, it doesn't have to be your personal testimony of like your salvation, it can be, but would you like to give testimony of what God did in you, through you, during your high school years. So I open it up. Come on up, Isaiah. What's up? Yeah. The second one is going to be offering spiritual guidance. All right. So who wants to be our first grad to give testimony to the Lord, to come up here and elevate Jesus? I know. I'm kind of thinking that too. Isaiah, be our trailblazer tonight. Come on up. So, um, I was kind of forced up here. You were voluntold. Yeah, I like that. Um, wow. I learned a lot of stuff in high school, most of it not academic. I learned a lot about myself and about other people. And, uh, I don't know. I kind of talked about this the other day, but, like, just remember to be yourself and, like, don't change who you are to, like, fit in with other people because, like, you don't really have to fit in. Like, thank you. Uh, like, there was a lot of time, like, I kind of, like, had to change who I was and, like, had to, like, felt like I had to fit in. Like, even started hanging out with people that, like, I normally wouldn't hang out with. And, like, I don't know, it just took me a long time to learn stuff like that. I don't know. What did God do in your life during high school? Um... What did God do? Uh, he did a lot. Uh, he showed me a lot of stuff, you know. Um, thank you. Uh, God showed me, like, grace and mercy, really, because, like, I don't know. I guess I've always been kind of hard on myself. It's like he showed me that, like, I don't have to be perfect, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, 
I think I'm done. <laughs> All right, seniors, who wants to give testimony? This is your night. Yeah. Ben's going to go on his own timing. All right, breaking the mold. Stop, so. Give a testimony to What do you do in your life during high school? Can I do spiritual wisdom? Sure. <laughs> um, so kind of what's been speaking, God's been speaking to me past week is kind of um, that there is no off season that like over this past year, God has really shown me like you're a role model, you're all this. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then I always put it on the back burner and just never really do anything. And then God said, what happens when you're called to do it to 10 people that you're never even talked to before. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for the next step? If you're always wanting God to bring you to the next level, to bring you higher in his place, bring you a higher place of peace, are you ready to take that jump? Are you ready to take that leap? Have you done the training in the off time? So like, and then um, another thing is like for this, for the seniors especially, like we're, as we're going into college, I've been thinking about it and been like so stressed out about how it's this whole new environment. It's this whole new place, all these new people. It's, everything's new and, cha- and different. But I was like, what am I doing to be ready for that? What am I doing to be ready to be a light to those people? What am I doing now so I can be the one that God needs me to be in that time? Because when God calls you, he doesn't give you time to prepare for it all the time. Sometimes he calls you to be here and now. So that's, you just got to follow his voice and be ready to, you know, first call in your life. All right, grads, giving testimony to the Lord, or we can go back and forth, giving spiritual wisdom. Come on up, Victoria. Yeah, give her a hand. Um, y'all can hear me, yeah? Okay. <laughs> so I guess kind of like what God's done for me throughout my high school journey has just been kind of last year was to show love, to show his love and to pray for that. And this year, it kind of fed off it, was to be fearless. Because perfect love casts out fear. And it's definitely a struggle. But the more you do the things that scare you, if they're not dangerous, (laughs) the more you do the things that scare you, it's he works through that and he grows you through that. And it's that it's the most amazing freedom. So that's pretty much it. Excellent. Next. Come on, Graz. Wow. I feel like the Lord is calling Seth. (laughs) Anybody else want to go while he's still mustering it up? Come on, Seth. Yeah. Welcome, Seth Navarre, to the stage. I dubbed thee peer pressured. Okay, so peer pressure sucks. <laughs> um, um, I guess over the past few years, the thing that God's really done in my life is just made me like 
kind of pushed me to actually come out about my depression because I've had it pretty much since I was a kid. I was pretty much born with it, and it's just been getting bottled up and bottled up. And the back in 2016, uh, I, I was I finally came out about it, and that's when I finally started coming here to elevate, coming to uh, just like getting more involved with people, and just not isolating myself as much. And that um, no matter how hard it is, the depression, you'll probably never get out of it. You just have to learn to deal with it and just use it to help other people who are going through the same stuff. And I guess that's it. Come on up, Bailey. Yeah. That's worthy abuse. Hello. Hello. All right. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm actually an only child. By the way, my name's Bailey, if you don't know me. <laughs> um, and I think what God's really done for me over my high school years, especially through Elevate, is he's given me family. And since I am an only child, I really only had a dog as my brother. But um, most of these people in, like, the front row and, like, all of you guys, like, y'all are my family. And I don't think I could, like, ever really say how thankful I am to have people who helped, like, guide me and direct me in life and made me smile and laugh and really showed me Jesus. And that's about it. I mean, I literally asked Josie, I was like, I want to say something, but like, what do I say that God did in my high school years? And she said, what didn't he do? And there's nothing, like I couldn't sum it up better than that. So those are Josie's words. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, love you guys. Thank you, Bailey. Oh, snap. The Lord is talking to us again. All right, grads. Grads? Who wants to give testimony for what the Lord has done? Or to pass on some spiritual advice? Yay! Come on up, Emma. Um, this is scary. <laughs> um, hey guys, I'm Emma. Um, I'm going to try and make this really short. Um, so this year, um, God really showed me, um, relationship with him and just how close he wants to be and just how open he is and that, um, it's not like a brick wall, you know? Um, so I have a little story um, <laughs> gonna try and keep it really, really short. Um, <laughs> so I really wanted to have open conversation with him. I was talking to one of my friends, um, and she was just talking about some stuff that she learned. Um, and I was like, she was talking about channeling the voice of the Lord. And I was like, I want to do that. And so, um, I had a few fears. I was like, I'm scared to talk to God. And like, I mean, of course I prayed to him, but like, scared to like have open conversation and like listen for him and like what he wants to say to me like 
I mean, y'all can probably tell I'm kind of like a babbler. But anyways, um, so I had fears. Like, I was scared that, you know, if I thought he was saying something to me and it was, like, really from me or, like, if I wouldn't get a response from him at all. And so one night I was, like, praying and I was just kind of like, God, I'm scared um, to, you know, listen for you, blah, blah, blah. And he was just kind of like, I'll always give you an answer. Like, I'll always talk to you. I love you. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, literally went over my head. And so then I was like, all right. So I just kept talking to him, and I was just, like, laying a lot of stuff down. I had a heavy heart that day. Um, And he told me Copenhagen. And I was like, what? Does anybody know what that is? Anyone? A Copenhagen? You know, I mean, I know what a co- like Copenhagen is, but I've never heard of Copenhagen. <laughs> I thought that was a place. Is it? Anyways, he said Copenhagen, and I was just kind of like, I was going to sleep. I put my phone away, and I was like, God, I don't think that's a real word. I'm like, I literally told him like, this is what I'm saying. It came from me, and I think I just came up with this word and. This is what I'm telling you. And he was like, Copenhagen? And I said, no, it's not a real word. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. And he was like, look it up. And so I looked it up. And if you look up what a Copenhagen is, it's a hanger that hangs from the ceiling. Um, and kind of like a coat rack, but hangs from the ceiling. You get it. And so I was just kind of like, what is this? Um, and he basically told me, um, lay all your baggage and all your worries and cares on me and sit here and stay for a while. And it was just like an eye opener. And it was mind blowing because it's like he answered my fears. He affirmed me and he was like, I'm always going to give you an answer. And here's something that you don't even know about. I'm that awesome. And so I was like, okay, God, you are a relationship God. And it's just, I think a lot of people don't see him as that. They just like pray and are just like cool. But he really wants relationship with you. And he wants like, like how you talk to your friend. Y'all have back and forth conversations. Like that's what God wants. He wants to talk to you and he wants to speak to you and he wants to be with you. And so with that being said, I would like to encourage you to just be open to him and just to completely lie down like everything to him and be willing to stop and listen for him, you know? Just be really in tune with him and just, yeah, I'm babbling. (laughs) But you get the point. (laughs) So yeah, to end, um, God loves you and he wants relationship and he's awesome and he's always there for you and he is the best friend that you will ever have, okay? If that's all you get out of tonight, you're good. You can actually have conversation with a God who is personal. Thank you, Emma. That was excellent. Any other grads? We've got time for one to two more. I'm not going to force anybody up here. Yes. Come on up, Frankie. No, I'm not prepared. I was like, dang, Dom really should have told us about this, but I'm just going to (laughs) read, not read, I'm just going to read the verse that I used for Senior Chapel. Um, I'm not, I just had to make sure I was reading the right verse. I didn't want to 
miss words in my Bible. Anyway, so <laughs> um, something I learned in high school and that the Lord has taught me, and it's kind of some wisdom. I think it's pretty good. Um, this verse has kind of been like all around, but like me and my friends have noticed especially in our school, like, it's a Christian school, and, like, so you'd expect, like, everyone to love Jesus. It's absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> not true. <laughs> and it's just, like, you know the truth. You know the truth. Like, every, each and every one of you guys, like, knows the truth. Um, and it's, like, what are we doing with it? Like, you don't need to go on a mission trips, like Ben said. Like, your everyday life, like, what are you doing? Um, so I know, like, I was just super frustrated. I was just, like, people, like, we're just all so selfish sometimes. And I think in high school and, like, the places that most of us are at right now, like, we can just get so selfish and, like, worrying about myself. Like, how do I look? Like, oh, homecoming's coming up. Like, oh, like, whatever. Like, all the popularity and everything. Um, so, yeah, we're selfish. That's the point. Um, <laughs> but the Lord says in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And I didn't write the rest of it, but the rest of it goes on, and it's like, be like Christ Jesus. And he was so obedient. He took the form of a servant and a man, and he came down and became so obedient, um, obedient to death on a cross. And, like, that is just the ultimate price. Like, we are not called to be selfish. We're not called to worry about our future, worry about what we look like, worry about how many friends we have, worry about what our grades are at school. Like, it really doesn't matter, especially, like, the five-year rule. Like, if it doesn't matter in five years, stop worrying about it. Yes. Thank you, Emma. Um, But, yeah. So I just encourage you all to not be selfish, to kind of take a look up. Like, I have a reminder on my phone at 4 o'clock every day. It says, look up, because I'll most of the time be on my phone. Worrying about things that don't matter. So take some time. Have a relationship with the Lord. It's real. He wants it. He craves it. He made you for it. Um, And that's about it. Love you guys. All right. I got room for one more. Uno mas. Who's it going to be? All right. We can get two more. Come on. We'll make them quick. Come on up. Hey, Elijah. All right. Uh. So God really showed me over my high school career, like he showed me like who he is and like who I am in him. Cause like at the beginning of high school, I had like struggles with my self image. Then he gave me the verse like, uh, like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I was like, dang, I look so good. It's scary. You know, <laughs> so that kind of helped me out. And then, uh, yeah, he just kind of like worked on me and showed me myself and showed me him in combination with that. And that was really cool and helped me grow myself. And then, uh, like, towards the beginning of senior year, I started struggling with, like, really, really bad social anxiety. Like, I would just, like, start sweating and sweating. I, like, couldn't stop. And then, like, I talked to some of my friends about it, and I talked to Miss Pat about it. And uh, I got better with that, and that was, like, cool. And then he gave me a really cool scholarship. And it was, like, look, look at all I have for you. And it was, like, I was, like, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, like, yeah, you're doing your thing down there. I'm, like, you're doing your thing up there. It's, like, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, all you got to do is trust him and uh, just Kind of try to find yourself, and uh, yeah. Love you, Joseph. The man with social anxiety who gets on stage and gives testimony to the Lord. I love it. Come on up, Noah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, y'all. So what I'm about to say, some of the younger kids are probably going to hate me, but the adults might love me. So hopefully it balances out. 
So what I want to talk about, um, nobody else really talked about it yet, is like relationships and not relationship with God, but more like boyfriend, girlfriend, because that's like a big thing for teenagers. Um, I don't know if y'all remember this message. It was one of the last ones Derek Dunn preached before uh, he moved. And it was during like the Real Relationship series. And he basically talked a lot about like what it means to be in a relationship and what it means to be single. Because I don't know about y'all, but my entire life, I was the kid, always had to have a girlfriend, always had to be talking to somebody. Because like it made me feel better. It made me feel, I don't know, it made me feel like I had more worth. And like I liked having somebody to talk to at all times. But then Derek, he kind of like showed us like the biblical way, like what marriage is, what dating is, what what you do with your single time. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is like being single because I know we have a lot of younger kids in here, including my little sister, and <laughs> she needs to hear this too. <laughs> so a lot of what he talked about was being single. It's not, it's not this bad thing. Uh, the Bible says during your time of singleness, you're not supposed to be stressed like, oh my gosh, when's this guy going to call me? Oh my gosh, is this girl going to answer my DM? Like, no, this is, this is whenever you focus your time on God. This is whenever you focus your time getting so close to him. And I told this to my sister the night of graduation because there's something I really want to talk to her about. It was don't focus on guys. Don't focus on anything. You run as hard as you can to God. And if you ever find somebody that's running the same speed as you, you latch on and you run together. And um, another thing is just, Dom actually told me this. So relationships, it's kind of like a field trip. So, so it's like, you know, whenever you're, like, in first grade, second grade, like, you go on a field trip and, like, oh, you got your bus buddy. And, like, the teacher's like, all right, there's not enough of us for everybody to be together, so you stay with your buddy. And, like, whenever you get – everybody needs to get back on the bus. So, like, your wife, your husband, basically what it is is Earth, you're at the field trip. And it's your job together to make sure you all stay safe, make it through this Earth, walk the walk to where you make it back onto that bus to heaven. <laughs> And, yeah, that's basically what a little something of, like, what marriage is and, like, what it's supposed to be. It's not – don't look at it in worldly ways. Don't look at it as the benefits um, that you can get from it. But just look at it as just a way to praise God and just show him his honor and the glory that he deserves. I would be remiss if I didn't – Speak just a little bit to the grads and those who aren't grads this year. Latch on to this, too, because it's good stuff. Heavenly Father, Lord, bless your word. I pray that you will continue to take over. You've already spoken to us so well tonight. Thank you, Lord, for every grad that got on stage and spoke wisdom and love and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So, grads, as kids growing up, your decisions are made for you. What school you're going to go to, whether or not you're going to go to church most of the time is made for you. At the beginning, it's like what clothes you're going to wear. You don't really have anything to say about it. You just drool, you know, and they put clothes on you. You know, what kind of food you're going to eat tonight, where they go in the car. Most of your decisions are made for you, and you're just sort of along for the ride, you know, because the car seat has five points on it. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. As you move into adulthood, adulthood is more than just the freedom to finally stay out as late as you want or eat all the junk food that you can. Like, it's a freedom to make choices. Where before your choices were made for you, now you're becoming an adult and you make your choices. And here's the hard part. 
you are now an adult who has to accept the consequences for the choices that you make. There is no one protecting, there's no one carrying you anymore. You have freedom, and you have the responsibility of the consequences from that freedom. Consider this, two people. One person makes the choice to buy whatever they want when they want it, right? Now, fast forward just a few years, and this person who was living for the moment and enjoying life is now in debt, and they're having to be carried by one of their parents now, and they can't have the things that they want because their credit cards are maxed out or whatever. And now they have to make a certain hour, number of hours every week to try to pay their bills, so they have no freedom. And if they don't have those hours every week, they, if they can't keep their job, then they're going down the toilet. They're in trouble. Versus somebody else who makes a different choice and says, you know, I'm going to spend a little bit more conscientious. I want to have a little more delayed gratification. And then a few years down the road, they have financial freedom. They can buy something fun that they wanted. They can move wherever they want to. If they lose their job, that's fine because I'm going to go find another job. I've got the time to do that. And so the choices that they make as they jump into adulthood actually one is living for life, one is savoring life. Is this making sense? One is, is saying, I'm going to live for the moment, and then the consequences are actually more bondage than they would have had, versus one that says, I want to get everything out of life that I can, so I'm going to walk into maturity, and I'm going to look down the road and see what kind of freedom I'll have there. Every decision you make will either open your options or close your options. Every decision you make, open them or close them. More opportunity, less opportunity. I had a friend of mine here. Here's an example of two friends. These are just examples. They apply in a million different ways. Uh, one friend in high school experimented with drugs a little bit. He wanted to get into the military. He gave his life to the Lord, and he's looking over this branch of military's paperwork, and it says, yes or no, did you do this drug? And as a man of God, he couldn't answer this in an honest way that he would be allowed into the military. And so a decision he made once closed his opportunities. Now, another friend of mine, Kept his, what's the term, kept your nose clean, always took the high road, whatever you want to say. He always made the very best decisions he could. He was just a, a wise guy. He right now today is hired by banks to hack banks to try to find flaws in their systems. Can you imagine the background checks he's had to undergo? Can you imagine the levels of security clearance that he has to be trained and given the tools to hack banks? And it was because he made decisions that opened up opportunities and gave him freedom versus my first friend who closed opportunities. You are going to go out and you're going to start making decisions for yourself. No one's carrying you. No one's protecting you. And your decisions will go to open up your future or it's going to go to narrow your future. Wow. I got way ahead of myself. Here it comes. Here's our scripture for tonight. And I hope you walk out with this. A lot of people go to college with the intent of finding the best career to make the most money. A lot of people go to college with the intent and the purpose of self. I mean, there's just no way around it. I want to educate myself the best that I can so I can, I can get the best job, so that I can make the money, so that I can have my dreams and wishes. And that is just not the calling of a godly woman or a godly man. Here it is, Matthew 6.33. Jesus is going through this whole thing, and he's saying, let me tell you this. You don't need to worry. Stop stressing about the future. Stop looking for tomorrow. Look, God's going to take care of you in everything. Look, look at the flowers of the field. They're beautiful. They didn't pick what clothes they wore this morning. God took care of them. 
And he comes all full around to this because every one of us are going to say, well, if I don't live for myself, then who's going to do it for me? Matthew 6, and it comes down to this. But seek first, 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 above the paycheck, above the time, above the family, above the girlfriend or boyfriend. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all that stuff, all those needs, all those worries, all those things, they're going to be added to you. If you can get a hold of that, it's going to change your entire direction. It's going to open the world to you because God is the God of everything. And he's going to take you places you never expected because you're surrendered in a way you never expected. Put him first. He is worth it. And a life spent on him is better than a life spent on yourself any day. There is so much more than the things that we can gain for ourselves. And so you're going to have to go out and make choices for yourself. Congratulations, big leagues. You got this. I have total faith in all of you. But I'm going to present to you three choices that you are going to have to make for yourself. And you need to make them now before you get into that world. And you're going to have to make them every single day that you're in that world. Choice number one, choose a church. Amen. Choose a church. Choose a body of believers that when you go on a regular basis, regular basis, regular basis, you are surrounded by people that love the same God that you do, that have the same ethical standards that you do, that are pursuing righteousness in his kingdom the same way that you are. You need to be in that community. You need to be in that community often. Choose a church. Whenever you move to a new town, new city, new college, week one, find a church. Week one, don't look for a job yet. Forget the syllabus. Week one, find out where you're going to plug in at. I've been a youth pastor for a little while now. And I can tell you over 2005 till now, the make or break of every grad is whether they get plugged into a body of believers after they graduate. Black and white, almost no exceptions. I can't think of any, Jackie, can you think of any exceptions? Golly, it just breaks my heart to think through some of them. The ones that go and find a body of believers, they stick to their faith. And those that, well, I'm going to have to find a church. I'm, I'm kind of looking right now, but I'm not actually looking right now. Those are the ones that we saw, see fall away so fast. Black and white, week one, find a body of believers. Remember the lion illustration? Anybody? If, if, you, don't, if you do remember it, great. Just keep hearing it because I want this to get this sunk in. Lions hunting threes. Two will... Spread out to the wings of the herd, one falls back and lets out this huge roar, and the herd retreats, right? Now, if the herd turned and ran at the lion, the lions are toast. They have no strength against a massive army of wildebeest or antelopes or whatever. But they roar, and the wildebeest, antelope, whatever, are running away, except a couple that scatter away from the crowd, and those are the ones that the side wing lions take down. Are you going to go with? the herd towards his kingdom and his righteousness, are you going to break off because, eh, I'm good, I'm strong enough, I've got this, I'll get around to it, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Also, remember, your choices were made for you. And for a lot of you grads, you're going to have to go from your parents' faith or the faith of a youth pastor or youth leader, and you're going to have to step into your own faith. That when everything comes against you, it's not, it doesn't matter what, what your youth leader believed. It doesn't matter what your parent believed. It now stands on yours. Paul compares it to, are you, are you needing milk or are you needing meat? 
you've been, you've been given milk a long time now, but you're about to step into a world that you're going to need some serious Jesus protein. You're going to have to start burning some serious Holy Spirit calories. You're going to stand on your own. And inside a body believer, it's going to make the difference. And here's kind of the crux of number one, choose a church. The difference between a baby Christian and a mature Christian is whether you're attending a church or whether you're serving a church. I want to make sure everyone got that. You are not going to a movie theater. You are not going to be served. When you go to a church, when you plug into a body, you are not there to just be catered to every Sunday or Wednesday or whatever it is. You are finding a body of believers that you can become a part of, that you can serve, that you can be a part of. You're going to find out when their mission trips are. You're going to find out whenever their soup kitchens are serving. You're going to find out what volunteer positions are open on Sundays. Look for a way that you can serve your church because that's the difference. Are you just... Are you just the baby? You just sit there with your mouth open waiting for someone to give it to you? Or are you putting in the work? Are you serving? That's the difference between a baby Christian and a mature Christian. I know I'm looking over here a lot more, but I got my seniors on this side. Sorry, guys. Love you all. I'll... Number two, choices that you have to make on your, on your own. Choose wisdom. Choose wisdom. 30 seconds of indiscretion can destroy a lifetime of testimony. But a lifetime of testimony can bring a multitude to the Father. 30 seconds, that's it. A lot of awful stories began with, it all happened so fast. You make one decision. You get into the wrong car. You're with the wrong person. You're in the wrong place. You made the wrong stupid decision. I'm, I'm like the poster child for bad decisions. Like the only reason I have, if I have wisdom, it's because I've made every mistake that you can make along the way. You, you don't have to. Choose wisdom. Proverbs 1, 5 says that you grow in wisdom through three things. You listen. No, that's, that's hard enough. You listen, you learn, and you get wise counsel. A part of choosing wisdom is getting wise counsel. It's delayed gratification. It's showing up on time. Those are the things that come whenever you choose wisdom every day. So many times, because we act like baby Christians, we just grab what's on the bottom shelf, right? We just approach life and we're just like, yeah, get it for me. But God has some top shelf things that he has set aside for you. And we're so busy scrounging for what we can grab on the bottom. And God is calling you to step up. He's calling you to go further than you've gone before. He's calling you to climb. Stop grabbing. Stop settling. I actually asked uh, an APOR graduate today. I said, what's an advice that you'd give a graduate? And he said, don't settle. Well, there you go. Stop settling for bottom shelf. Start choosing wisdom. Start choosing that debt-free living. Start choosing that place that you're going to serve at. Start choosing the kind of friends that are going to be around you. I'm telling you who your friends are. I know you heard mom say it, but I'm telling you, I can tell you who you're going to be by your friends. If your friends are the kind of group that they're all in business and they're all going to be millionaires by the time they're 30 and they're absolutely sure they're doing it, you're going to get smarter and go places. This is the long and short of it. If your friends are all deadbeats, number three, choose Jesus. That's going to be the hardest decision you make. 
because it is not going to be popular where some of you are going. Choose Jesus. Protect the holiness that he's given you. Pursue righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Become a light in dark places. When you choose Jesus, you choose a purpose that's bigger than yourself. A lot of people go through their whole lives and their only purpose is themselves. Why did you get married? Because this person makes me happy. Why did you choose the career? So that I can gain from it. Why did you go to this place? So that I can enjoy it. Why did you buy these things? Because I wanted them. But it, when we choose Jesus, we choose to set aside all of that I and all of that me, and we look to a purpose that's grander than ourselves, that's bigger, that's massive and beautiful and eternal. That's what happens when we choose Jesus. And then you're going to college because you are strategically looking for a place that needs light. And you start choosing a major because God has called you to stick yourself in a certain place where nobody else is doing it. And you start choosing who you date because this person makes you a better light. It changes everything. Your life becomes bigger than just me. Five foot seven, that's all I got. But if I will put myself in the Lord's hands, there is no end to what shelf I can reach, what shelf you can reach. Grow in relationship with him. Boy, I can just have Emma preach. Grow in relationship with him. You can have conversation with Yahweh, Emmanuel, I am with you. He is near. That is our God. Sometimes we talk over him. Choose Jesus. Pursue relationship with him. Stop and listen. Emma was right. It's scary to listen because there's this part of you that really kind of doesn't want to hear what he might have to say. And then there's this other part of you that's like, oh, what if I'm just leading myself on? What if he doesn't say anything? Go, try, seek. I stand at the door and I knock. Draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. That's the God that we serve. So grads, I'd like to leave you with a three-part challenge tonight. Please, please, please do it tonight. Three-part challenge. So simple. Number one, begin to pray for God's direction and peace to find the church that he has for you. Like I am, I'm harping on this. I get it. I am harping on this because black and white, I've got way too many people that I care about and I love that are living terrible lives towards alcoholism, towards multiple... Um, man, domino effect kind of divorces. There's too many people that I love that are hurting right now because they didn't plug in when they walked out of youth group. Please go plug in somewhere. So begin praying that God's going to lead you to the right place. And number two, aha, this builds on it. Start Googling churches in the place that you're moving to. That's it. Just Google churches in insert city. Start looking for a church that just has your name on it. But you've already prayed that God's leading you. So start Googling. What are, what are the top three places I'm checking out when I move there? One, week one, two, and three, I'm checking these places out. I want to look for the Holy Spirit's guidance. What are these churches about? What is their mission? Do they care about missions? Google them. Number three, so easy. Memorize Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Not that I have already arrived, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize that 
God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. That is the verse that you can look at when you failed. That is the verse that you can look at when you're needing to be motivated. That's the verse that you can look at when, when you're absolutely succeeding and burning rubber. It's going to be one more seed that you can plant in yourself, that you can call to remembrance when you're on those all-nighters studying, whenever you, that relationship just fell flat, whenever you have this teacher that is just breathing down your neck and this class is going nowhere, that's a verse that you can hold on to. It's not the best verse in the Bible, but it's a great one for tonight. Memorize it, Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Seniors, I would like to meet with you guys after service. Um, if y'all wouldn't mind just sticking in here, I'd like to meet with you guys. I'm excited. I just want to hang out with y'all a little bit. But before we wrap up, uh, Elevate has a little gift to give you, and then we are going to, parents and leaders, we're going to pray over all the grads in here. Um, Isaiah, would you mind putting that down on the floor for me? If I could have the grads come up, let's get them up on stage. I'm going to move you back here a little bit, Landing. Thank you. Come on up, grads. Let's see your beautiful faces. And then Elijah and Zach, would you all mind coming and handing out our little gifts to them? Oh, yeah. What a beautiful class. Man, my heart breaks. I'm going to miss you guys so much in the fall. This is just a simple little book. I've made a lot of references to it. It's called Love Does by Bob Goff. It's just a collection of crazy stories. Most of them are funny. Some of them are heart-wrenching. It opens up with a youth pastor that takes off in the middle of the night with a kid that's running away from home. It's awesome. Um, but it will be encouraging to you, and it's going to remind you every day that Jesus loves first, that he loves lavishly and extravagantly. And I hope that you enjoy it. I hope it reminds you who your God is. I love you guys. All right, parents and leaders, would y'all come up and just lay hands on them? Y'all can stand in front of them, behind them. Come on up. We're going to lay hands on them. If you're still out there, just stretch a hand. Don't just listen. Be a participant in this prayer. Pray for yourself as you're praying for these seniors. Yo, no, definitely not. We're sending you out. Yes, in case anybody has questions, we are going to keep them the rest of the summer. Absolutely. And then they're going to go to school and do stuff. All right. Y'all ready to pray? Who's our parents up here? Cindy, good, good. You're the first parent I see. And I'd like another leader. Pat, would y'all also, perfect, would y'all also pray with me? I'm going to pass the mic to you, to you too. Heavenly Father, Lord, we commission them in the name of Jesus Christ through the power of your Holy Spirit to go and be lights wherever they go. Lord, I pray that you will bless them and keep them, that you're going to surround them with your angels, that they're going to be led and guided by you. Heavenly Father, bring them to new friend circles that are going to encourage them and sharpen them. Surround them with teachers that care about them and motivate them. Open up their minds to learn, to study, to excel in everything they do. Lord, I pray that they are separate from the rest of the world in excellence, in hope, and in joy. Let them make people jealous, asking them what makes them different. 
Surround them with safety. Lord, I pray that they find churches that they fall in love with, that they enjoy serving in. Lord, help them to be leaders wherever they go. Anoint them, Lord, to do your will, to put your kingdom first, to say yes over and over and over again to your will. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for these students tonight. Thank you for their boldness in serving you. I stand in awe of the students here and the work that they're doing and their commitment to you. They're an amazing group of people, and we owe all of that um, gratitude and admiration to you and the work that you're doing in their lives. Father, as they go forward in school or work, uh, whatever path they're taking, I just ask that you would continue to walk with them and be ever-present in every moment of their life, in every word that they say, every thought that they have. Father, let no no evil thoughts or temptation penetrate their spirit. Father, keep their hearts pure, their minds calm and focused, and their feet steady as they embark on this new journey. And may they ever, forever know, always, always in everything that they do, that you are with them. And all they have to do is say, Father, I need you. And you are always there for them. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come together and worship you and pray over these students. They're yours. They, they don't belong to us. And we are so excited to see what the future has for them. Thank you, Father, for this night. Thank you for these students, and thank you for Elevate. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we thank you so much for being allowed to know them and to have relationship with them, Almighty God. We thank you that they have learned from you and that in that they have given that wisdom to those younger. God, we pray a blessing over each and every student represented on this stage. God, we pray that every day of their life that they are witnesses, bold witnesses for you, almighty God. We pray that you are imparting them with wisdom and knowledge and discernment and guidance. We pray, almighty God, that you are putting at the core of who they are. Let them be aware and let them acknowledge your giftings in them. So that through those gifts, Almighty God, that they proclaim the name of Jesus boldly in each and everything that they do. do. God, I pray over them, Almighty God, that they would start to realize who they are and be bold in that, Almighty God. That you would draw people unto them. That whether it be by their words, by their actions... Just by their friendships, Almighty God, we pray that you speak through them to those around them on those campuses or in their work field, Almighty God. We pray that as they go out, Father, that they have a light, that they have that joy in their eyes that draws people unto them. And God, I pray that they're never ashamed, that they're never scared, 
that they only say yes, Almighty God. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be so alive and so vibrant in them with the relationships that they're making with you, that when you send those special people to them, Almighty God, that the Holy Spirit is screaming at them, this is him, this is her, this is the one that I've called you to be a friend to. This is the one that I've called you to speak life into, to encourage, to witness to, to just mentor. God, we pray that each and every student represented on this stage, no matter where they go or what they do, that they have that person, Almighty God, that they become that person of influence to them and that they will know it. They will know it in the depths of their heart that that's who you've called them to be the light of Jesus for. God, we pray that all the days of their life, the Holy Spirit is alive in them, Almighty God. Any time that they're weary, any time that they're scared, Almighty God, we pray that the Holy Spirit is their comforter. When they start to to get clouded in their head, Father God, with all the pressures and the crazies around them, we pray that the Holy Spirit screams at them, slaps them across the face, do whatever he has to do, but puts them back on that narrow path, Almighty God. We pray that it is the Holy Spirit that comforts them when they feel alone or when they feel isolated, Almighty God. And we pray that every day of their life, it is the Holy Spirit that reminds them how much you love them, how much you adore them, how much they have been called by you to serve you and to glorify you all the days of their life. God, we thank you so much. And we pray, Father God, your blessings that would go before them and after them, Almighty God, would hem them in so close to you. God, we pray that this is not the end of something, but this is the beginning of something big and beautiful and scary and wonderful. We pray that it is a life going forward out of that shell of a home, out of that shell of a youth group, and that it becomes their mature Christian walk into this world. God, we thank you for that, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, seniors. Please stick around. Spend a few minutes with me. Elevate. You are dismissed. Go forth into the world and be awesome and love Jesus.